Welcome to week 10. We are rounding out the semester here. We're running out of time and it means these podcasts uh, will be coming to an end, unfortunately. But the growth of our money uh, should never come to an end. In fact, it should. Uh, we should always be cognizant of the power of what our money can be worth if we invest it properly. And I feel like, Kathy, you were trying to to get to that point uh, in the last week, but I was just so flabbergasted by how much money I'm losing on my mortgage every month that I couldn't necessarily, <laughs> I couldn't make sense out of that. But I mean, to me, it, it almost feels like it's it's like a three-card Monty. I mean, you it, it it's really about making your money work for you. And I think that's where the time value of money, I think really, you can't hide from it anymore. Like if it hasn't occurred to you yet, like it, it happens now. So what, what does this mean, this time value of money that money could potentially be worth a lot more in the future than it is right now if we play our cards right that's the whole key there you know the time value of money is maybe one of the most important important lessons that any of us can learn you know and it simply means a state a sum of money held today is more valuable than any future payments. We want to get it as soon as we can so that we can reinvestment. And by the way, if I hold that and I put it in a non-earning checking account or under my bed, God forbid, then it's even worse because there's an opportunity cost to not doing anything with your money. And I realize we don't have checking accounts that even pay uh, but a you know pittance today for that money. But there's a stock market that'll pay you. There's other opportunity costs out there. And the businesses that you all are running right now and the options that you may have for smart manufacturing, those improvements that can increase your efficiencies, give you more output with the same amount of time, maybe with fewer bodies invested that you're paying labor to. Um, There are so many things that you can do in smart manufacturing to make your money grow in, in a lot of different ways, um, and that investing it in those smart manufacturing projects may be some of the most valuable things that you can find yourself doing in the next 10 to 20 years of your career. Um, but I guess I, I have a hard time wrapping my head, and maybe that's because this is new to me, but I have a hard time wrapping my head around the liquidity of everything, right? I mean, like, how you have to have a certain amount of cash on hand, and so, like, how do you know how much to invest because it's not like you can just say, well, I can't pay my employees this month because you know it's all now they wouldn't say that, right? Cause it's all in the stock market. That's not the case. But I mean, how do you, how do you figure that out? Is it, you know, it's not just profits you're putting in the bank, right? It's, it's more than that. Am I right or no? Well, we're actually putting, remember that cash conversion. Cycle sorry, sorry, not in the bank. And, or the, you know, we got, we've got this working capital that we're always investing in, you know, We've got inventory, right? We turn that into accounts receivables, you know. By the way, I should have started with accounts payables and inventory and then, um, you know, accounts payables. And that that money just keeps circulating, and that's our working capital that keeps moving through. Now, there's a base amount of that where we first started. It's cash or equity that I have in my business, so to speak. That money gets invested, and whatever return – internal return that my business is making for you can be looked at as in, in the same terms as say a, an interest rate would. I, I want, I'm going to be able to, I hope, 
with smart investments to in fact earn more on my investment because of the smart investments that I'm making in my money. Um, this is really everything that we do in a business. Now, if I don't have enough money coming out of this, that's that's a real problem. Look, when we get into capital budgeting, you'll see we will lay out literally expenses, you know, every single expense and every expected income over a period of time so that we'll know how that works um, down to a penny in terms of what that will mean over time. And then if we discount that back to a present value, we'll know whether or not that's going to represent a good a good investment for us over time. Again, I, I don't want to get, get too much into that because you haven't studied that. I don't want it to be confusing. But this time value of money concept enables you to make those calculations. It's huge. So, and it's huge for you in your personal life. So what, how accurate are they? Because I, mean, I remember, you know, you know, people say like, oh, yeah, you know, you want to find, uh, you know, investments that, uh, you know, give you like 15, 20 percent. And it's like, well, it doesn't always work that way. Right. I mean, you you would yeah. hope that you can find those, but there's no guarantees. So, I mean, how accurate is the time value of money? I mean, they, obviously, we can see the tables and we can see technically at what percentage it's worth. But I mean, when I say accuracy, I mean, in the things that we invest in that typically bring certain yields. Well, here's here's the truth of it. It's not a guaranteed deal. Now, look, long term. Your long-term mortgage is set in stone, what you're going to pay. What's not set in stone is the potential inflation that's happening to us, you know, in the marketplace. The dollar in the U.S. has an average inflation rate right now, and I'm in 2021, almost over 2021, but it's about inflation rate of 3%, and it's predicted to be that now through 2025. I'm sorry if I'm bringing you two down here as we're talking because it's that's really not going to be good because that's a cumulative price increase for everything we buy, 12.55%. So, you know, my dollar's not going to go as far in the future under that scenario. The buying power of $100 in 2021 will be the rough equivalent of $112 in 2025. So you can see to a business that kind of percent inflation could be, you know, potentially very, very harmful um, to them. Um, On the other hand, sometimes inflation works. My inventory begins to, um, and we we talked about this in the past, and we did FIFO and LIFO. You know, if I'm having to pay more for that, my new inventory, you know, I may actually be able to charge more for my older inventory that was bought at a lower price, thereby upping upping my my difference between what I paid and what I take in on those things. Those things do change, but in all of this, in our current structure of the way we, we do business here in the United States anyway, inflation is always the wild card. How much business there is is always a wild card how much demand there will be. We have demographics that are really careful for us to consider. Motorcycles aren't near what they used to be. We have fewer younger people interested in riding them. Um, We can look at many businesses, take a look at the Gap, that used to be the number one place for young people to buy their clothes. Yeah, we need a senior Gap right now 
that's how close. <laughs> and that's just sheer demographics. But everything that we do in business, we must consider those kinds of elements. And I'm, as I mentioned before, our bankers and our lenders are savvy. They've been in this for a long time, and they do consider those kinds of things, too. So you bring up a good point. There is no guarantee, but we, we've got to put as many of these you know, values to it. We've got to crunch the numbers. By the way, we'll also talk about something called scenario analysis, right? Where you do look at the, you know, potential difficulties in the future um, because they can be problematic, you know, you know, bad economy, bad new technology, substitute product that takes me out of the market and even better smart manufacturing process that comes up within you know, three to five years, and you can bet it will. We need to plan for those too. So it sounds like um, you can always use this time value of money argument to try to sell your smart manufacturing idea, but there's still a lot of inherent risk to it. And it's not the only thing you can do with your money. So we need to, in our future chapters, we'll be talking about, well, is it really the right thing to do with your money? Is that, does that sound about right? It is. You're going to be looking at multiple projects, perhaps, maybe even mutually exclusive projects. Well, I can do one or the other. Which one is more likely? In fact, we can put statistics to it and weighted averages on these things in some cases as to which is going to be the most likely outcome of these things and figure out which of those projects is more likely to yield us the highest return. And I'm going to set to begin with how much of a return I expect on my dollars, no matter what. And if the risk is too high, I might even increase that. My normal risk return on investment in this business is 6%. And I'm looking at something that, man, this this looks a little bit risky. It may take longer for me to get this money or I might not as get, I might put a, 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 a hurdle rate at more like, you know, 8% or maybe even 10%. So if I calculate that net present return, like we'll do in a future chapter, and it's too much risk, I'll, I'll, I'll raise that hurdle. So it would have to make me a lot of money before I would put my money into it. You know, it's, it's, it is, is essential. Again, risk return. The more risk you take, the bigger return you're going to have to expect from that before you're going to go with it, uh, invest in it. And these principles help you help you over time figure that out. <laughs> over time, I think that's the that's the key word. It well, and the, the tools because you you do have to do the planning, the engineering for these projects. Um, you've got to get your whole distribution channel in line, perhaps too, depending on the kind of of uh, manufacturing you're involved in. You know how are you going to move that? You know most products in this country are moved through distribution of some sort, unless I'm doing custom built, very large, very heavy projects that are you know 12, 24 months out. Even those kinds of things make a big difference in terms of, of you know what we might be looking at as in capital budgeting decisions. Well, you know it, it's funny. I'm I'm sorry to bring up um, this kind of controversial topic, but all I can think about is. Uh, you know, uh, our good friend, the the CEO of Tesla, who invested a bunch of money in Bitcoin. And I remember this Wall Street Journal I got, uh, article was like, well, you know, uh, he just made, uh, you know, a couple million dollars in one day. And, you know, uh, GM uh, lost money around the same time. And it just it just amazes me how, you know, just getting that right investment uh, it can just be a, a game changer. Because if you're such a successful company uh, right. and you've got, you know, millions and millions of dollars uh, that you can just invest like that, I mean, it just makes a huge 
huge difference. Now, I, of course, I'm not advocating for investing in Bitcoin or any investment for that matter. But, but wow, like it's just uh, it's amazing. Now, I would think that's pretty risky, but but that's probably not. Me, me too. I'm not rushing out to do it, but I can tell you, there's some investors that are making bank, and it begins. It's beginning to turn the corner in some countries right now, and so it's something to watch. Okay, um, I, I'm risk averse. I'm conservative. I, I, I confess it. But um, it, it's definitely worth something to watch. Tesla lost buku money over many years. And we all watched it and said, what is going on? Their stock market always held strong. People were still investing. They loved their cars. Um, even though in those early years, you know, getting them worked on was sometimes a, a hassle. You know, I've got some friends who own them. They, they had a lot of risk. They were also so forward thinking and just killing it in terms of, you know, you know, I, one of my bosses had a Tesla and he, he walked in. I'm going back a couple of years. He said, I just turned on the, you know, the, the self-driving deal and it got me to the airport without my intervention. And he said it was totally creepy, totally creepy, you know, unnerved me, you know, um, to be able to do something like that. But look how forward thinking that was. You know, and I do love that. I love technology. I love the idea of that. It is where we're going. You got to hit. And now they're making money. Um, and he's made the right investment. You know, now you talk about about his space explorations, right? You know, the guy is, um, you know, going to be an Einstein of our era of a different sort. Well, but I think I think the key is, and, and thank you for taking my terrible comment uh, and, and totally making it relevant, Kathy. Kudos to you for being able to always do that. But, but I mean, I think that what you did was you really made that more uh, more relevant to the idea that there is a cost involved to investing in new technology, but it's different than uh, investing. But but if you think about the time value of money, I mean, if you have that forward thinking ability and you see the value in something. Um, and you're able to invest in that technology early enough, there might be a dip at first, but then it pays off. And I think that's that's really the the relevant statement. But it goes back to what you said: there's no guarantees, right? And so it, we've it, timing can be everything. You well, know? think about think about remember Sirius and um, XM Radio, and uh, you know the, uh, the 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 millions and millions of dollars they had to uh, invest in in basically sending satellites up in the air. Uh, and there was, and you know, there's no guarantee how long those satellites uh, will will actually last for. Uh, and so, you know, there, it's uh, it's very interesting. Now, I thought the timing was well for that, but uh, but anyway. I, I, well, I think so too. And they've got a pretty large share of the market. Yeah, there's going to be people trying to knock them off all the time. But those opportunities are out there. New technology opportunities are huge right now. And for many of the com- you know, companies that are represented probably in this class. Many of them, no doubt, have had opportunities where they saw a new product opportunity or maybe um, something new going on um, with with tax law. You know, you never know what's going to have an impact. And you go, oh, my gosh, we have to invest in this now because everybody's going to want to be in this game. We have to do this now. You know, and I've seen lots of situations like that. Businesses, on the other hand, um, we've all seen situations where the timing looked perfect. And when it, within a year or two, something goes down, I mean, you it this these are always about risk and mm-hmm. and it's why these tools and hurdle rates and um these you know uh, payback we'll look at payback we'll look at you know um net present value schemes we'll use look at internal rate of return of different projects 
there are more than one way to look at capital projects and we'll look at all of them so that you can be really smart about making those investments. So as we try to wrap our heads around this concept of the time value of money and um, connect it to things that maybe people are familiar with from personal life, whatever, uh, how would this connect to an annuity and the changing value of a payout from an annuity over time? Just kind of like connect those concepts. Yeah. And, and so far we've been talking about time value money in a big sense. And when you study this chapter, they start with the sum, just taking a single sum, you know, if I know I'm going to get, X amount of money in the do- in dollars in the future because Aunt Matilda's put me in her will on a certain time frame, and I'm going to get 10 grand. You know, or Daddy Warbucks has 100 grand for me. I can literally discount that and figure out what it's going to be worth today. Um, I could also be promised an annuity over time, and instead of a lump sum, somebody could put that in equal cash flow payments, cash stream payments, um, in in, in you know, equal time periods over, you know, you, you've got to have your end, your number of payments. They've got to be all equal. And and that's called an annuity, right? Um, so it's a value of recurring payments, certain date to a certain date. And you've got to have your rate of return or your discount rate, depending on, on what you're looking at. The higher the discount, the greater the annuity's future value. Um, there... Look, annuities are, everything is in annuities, right? Our mortgages are done that way. Our car loans are done that way. Um, Lotteries are paid out typically in that. You see advertisements for, have you been, are are you the recipient of a structured settlement? And that could be a lottery. It could be winning a lawsuit. It could be all kinds of things. But meaning you got, you got cash flow streams coming to you. Let us, let us turn that into a lump sum payment for you right now so that you can get your money today and what you'll be doing is turning over that that annuity to them they'll they'll figure out a way to discount that money down to the 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 a rate right now which is going to by the way look like a huge amount of money depending on what that is but you're going to be helping them make money on the other hand if you know how to make money I mean, if you really know how to make money and you, you, that flexibility might be well worth your money to take a lump sum. I mean, that is the beauty of, of a lump sum payment over the, the, that. And maybe you need it to start that new business that you've been working so hard on um, or to take the next step in that smart manufacturing. Um, I, maybe I'm 65 and I'm not waiting for that 20 years. I want the lump sum to do what I need to do in my life right now with that money. You know, that lotto is not going to do me much good if I'm dead, you know. So those are all those are all um, important things. By the way, there's tax ramifications too, to the difference between a lump sum, say, and, and being paid out over periods of time. And you can get into some pretty serious discussions with a financial advisor trying to decide what you want to do there, depending on your age and stage and your plans for that in the future. So, um, uh, you, you know, it, it is always valuable to be looking at what what you can do. Want lump sum? Do I want put this in a annuity? Most of us are going to pay annuities of different kinds. By the way, shorten them. You always shorten them when you're paying a mortgage, shorten them or better yet, start to pay the principal off. I mean, $100 a year on my mortgage saved me a whole year on my length of my mortgage. $100 a month saved me a whole year on the grand scheme of a $15 note. 
uh, that was well worth it. And I see my principal going down. I'm not paying years much interest on that. Very simple things. Uh, so this is obviously a big concept that connects to many things at the very heart of the idea of investment. Any further teasers you want to give the, us into how this relates to the smart manufacturing decision that we are going to plunge into next week? Yeah, when we start talking about the capital budgeting decision, you're going to be looking at getting the most return, right, on your money. You know, we're going to have to think about opportunity costs. What if I put my money somewhere else? What if we can't win based on the cost of that machinery? What if we just can't do this? You know, do we still buy it? You know? Uh, maybe not now, maybe in the future, maybe the planning whole planning horizon changes. Maybe I get into a partnership. Maybe I look for different talent that can help me do that, right? Um, forecasting. We're not sure we know what we're doing with forecasting. We'll look at some of those things too. Um, scale. Maybe we start at a smaller scale than we think and then decide how to scale up over time. Lots of options to be looking at when we get into the capital budgeting decision. And, and it's it's a fun, fun subject for you. And what you want to be able to do is communicate the value of this information and these tools that you've got to sell your great ideas that are going to make your company a ton of money to your bosses and your bankers. You make it sound so easy. Right. Yeah, well, it, actually, it's it's easy and fun, but it's also a lot of work and a lot of guesswork to some degree. There's, as you said, there's never an absolute sure thing, but you can by minimize your risk by by knowing what you're doing. We'll talk a little bit about that too. Awesome. Well, it sounds like the bigger risk is not doing anything at all. I think that's true. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting because you were talking about, you know, being conservative and then, you know, in that same line you say, but, you know, I do believe in, you know, investing in new technology and stuff like that. And I think there's a, I think there's a difference between being conservative or being smart uh, versus, you know, uh, what is it, paralyzation by... Um, analysis. Yes, analysis by paralysis. Thank you. Yeah, so paralysis I think... Paralysis by analysis. Yes, that's the one. That third time's a charm. That's that's great. Thank you, Kathy. I appreciate that. Well, any uh, final thoughts before we close out this uh, wonderful discussion on good investments and making no, our money work I, for us? I hope uh, I hope the group listening is thinking about what m kind of options they might be looking at for their company or or in, or in their own life in terms of of taking some risks and what kind of difference these investments might make. Well, when you say that, it makes me wonder then, I mean, would you consider then when we talk about investing in new, new technology, I mean, we talk about, you know, those updates and stuff like that. Is that that's something we probably have to do? So a percentage of our investment probably has to go towards emerging trends or emerging tech, correct? It does. It does. You know, I, I have been really blessed to sit on some boards where we we were going international and that was huge because we had to take on projects in each of these different countries. And some of them are much frank, uh, friendlier to you know, American companies and others, some of them bank totally different than we do. And just the whole structure of how they, they manage finances is often very different. So you never know what you're going to get into when you're working with a company that is scaling up and doing cool things because before you know it, you'll be scanning across 
you know, scaling up across the country or across the globe. And now you've got bigger situations to deal with. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kathy. And thanks for, as always, providing the insight and decoding the textbook for us and helping us understand the real life application. I always appreciate this. And I always feel like uh, it makes me want to go back and look at things. So now I need to look at my, uh, my investment portfolio and my retirement. So thank you for that. You're welcome.